turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. TC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. For the first time since taking office, Vice President Harris making her first trip outside the country. The vice president will arrive in Guatemala Sunday evening for meetings early in the week focused on dealing with the root causes of migration to the United States. She'll meet first with Guatemala's president on Monday before traveling to Mexico for talks with Mexico's president on Tuesday. Harris has been criticized for not visiting the U.S. southern border, where the Biden administration has struggled to handle an influx of migrants. Greg Clugston, Washington. The group of seven agreed today to support a global minimum corporate tax of at least 15 percent to deter multinational companies from avoiding taxes by stashing profits in low-rate countries. The finance ministers, all meeting in London, also endorsed proposals to make the world's biggest companies, including U.S.-based tech giants, pay taxes in countries where they have lots of sales. SRN News. Right, shining spot. I'm Jack. T- Jack Tomczak, what are you doing? I'm doing my radio show, Mitch. It's 1 o'clock Saturday. It's my radio show. Oh. Well, when is my radio show? Uh, 3 o'clock. Did you not get the memo? So Mitch Berg, 1 to 3 on Saturday. Headliner edition, 1 to 3 Saturdays. And then Jack Tomzak. Then Jack Tomzak. 3 to 5 on Saturdays. All right. Yes. Got it? Got it. AM 1280, The Patriot. Just a little bit after 2 p.m. here at AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Brian, and for the weather today, it's going to be sunny and hot with a high of 97 degrees. Father's Day is coming fast, Sunday, June 20th. Wouldn't it be a treat if you won $1,000 for your pops? You'd use it for some auto parts or tools he needs, or maybe put it towards a favorite hobby or family camping trip. You can register once a day, and it only takes a moment to sign up. So visit the Freedom Fan Club page today, and it's free to sign up. Expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the wind beneath the right wing, the show that's making talk radio great again. Uh, my name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, back live on Saturday after being in for a uh, auto on assignment, Brad Carlson, yesterday. Brad, of course, back where he belongs. Uh, Sunday's 1 o'clock uh, tomorrow. He'll be on the air with his, uh, his usual show, The Closer Edition. And, of course, our immense pleasure to introduce the fourth member of the NARN, uh, Jack Tomzak, uh, whose inaugural broadcast kicks off in about an hour here right now. So wake the kids, notify the neighbors, uh, get your lawn mowed, get inside, pour yourself a tall cold one, because Jack is back. I can't believe nobody said that yesterday. <laughs> At any rate, uh, speaking of NARN, one of the people that we have been interviewing longer than anyone else on the Northern Alliance, going back, and this blows my mind, 16 years now, holy cow, where did that come from? I, I figured it was six. No, in fact, I, I didn't carry the one. It is 16 years going back to 2005. Our, our next guest, one of our first guests, Katie Kiefer, joins us from townhall.com. Katie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on, Mitch. Wow, 16 years. That's awesome. Yeah, you were, you were working at, the, you were running the, the, the conservative newspaper at St. Mm-hmm. Thomas and getting into all kinds of mischief. And of mm-hmm. course, we had to have you on the show to talk about because anything that, that rankled, Hannah, 
Illinois Denny Deese was something that I had to talk about on the radio back then. Well, you've come a long way since then, haven't, haven't we all, I guess. But, Causing uh, a lot more trouble along the way. That's right, naturally, <laughs> of course. And you are uh, doing, as you've done for some time now, writing for townhall.com, which, of course, is uh, a, uh, another subsidiary of Salem Communications. So we're all kind of under the same roof here right now, literally and figuratively, in a, in a day full of, uh, day full of uh, metaphors, at any rate. And your latest article here in Town Hall is, is very timely, uh, coming up the week of Memorial Day and uh, just before the anniversary of D-Day tomorrow. Very, uh, very timely article, uh, Katie. Feel, feel, uh, go ahead, describe the article here. Sure. It's uh, called Poppies of Flanders Fields, and it retells the story that many people, especially people my age and younger, are unfamiliar with and as a way to honor the veterans on Memorial Day this past Monday and then coming up with D-Day. Um, I thought it would be nice to remind people of the story of Flanders Field. Flanders Field is actually the name of World War I battlefields on the border of northern Belgium and yep. France. And lethal chlorine glass was a gas, excuse me, was deployed by the Germans for the first time in history during uh, a surprise attack of April 22nd, 1915, uh, known as the Second Battle of Ypres. Ypres, Ypres yeah. <laughs> so get to practice a little French here. And oh, it's Flemish. <laughs> That's what makes it complicated. At any oh, rate, okay. uh, Walloon. At any yeah, rate, okay. yes, no, that, that, that baffles me as well here. Yeah, it was uh, a Canadian doctor, Lieutenant, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Colonel John McRae. I was from a generation that had to learn it at one point, and no, I can't do it from memory, Katie, but uh, it's because I'm sure you're going to ask. But it was a, it was a potent memory. In fact, it's mm-hmm. something that is, is, is quite, even though the author was Canadian, it's still mm-hmm. quite widely known in the UK, because of course, uh, the, the the battle the, the four different battles of Ypres uh, bled the British white. I mean, they were just mm-hmm. horrific uh, slaughterhouse battles in uh, in some of the muddiest environments in the world. Right. So you're 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 familiar with that, obviously. Well, on that in that particular battle, we lost one thousand and forty three American soldiers that we know of. So it's right. quite a few, and the poppies come in because. This Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, who you just mentioned, the Canadian, he was a Canadian brigade surgeon working for an Allied artillery unit, and he actually had a good friend who died in that battle. And sometimes the surgeons were called on to do more than just surgery per se, and he actually had to do the uh, the burial for his friend there. And there were poppies, just beautiful poppies growing on all of the the graves. And that caused him to write this poem called In Flanders Fields, which it's just three simple stanzas, but it rang so true that it actually was internationally renowned within just a few short years. Oh, the British, uh, it's it's engraved on the British Tomb of the Unknowns from World War Mm -hmm. One that they have there. In fact, I've seen a few scenes of British veterans of various wars reciting the poem from the British Tomb of the Unknowns. Uh, they have several of them. Oh, I mean, it's, how special. It really is. And in fact, I, I saw a British World War II veteran uh, reciting the poem uh, from from the middle of this this large garden, this rather imposing, uh, I should say imposing, it's a beautiful uh, installation. Uh, and the the guy who lived it, I mean, he was a, he was a tanker in wow. Northwest Europe. And uh, the poem itself, which I won't attempt from memory here, although bits and pieces of it are still there, where I went a little something like this. And it's not very long, so bear with me. This may be the first time you hear, well, the first time in 17 years you will hear poetry on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, In Flanders' fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amidst the guns below. Were the dead short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe to you. From failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours and hold it high. If we break faith with those who die, ye break faith, rather, with those who die, uh, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. It was in a war that where poetry, especially among the British officer class, was was very common, and a lot of the great poetry of the 20th century uh, 
sprang from Flanders Fields. This is mm-hmm. probably the one that, that people remember the most mm-hmm. from a war that, uh, regrettably, most people don't uh, have the foggiest idea about why it, uh, where it came from, when it happened. I mean, you ask the average American in the street who fought who and when. Right. I'm terribly afraid no one will know. Right. It has become forgotten. And another reason why so many people could resonate with this poem that I discovered is that around 1915, uh, uh, historians have found that letters home to wives and parents, sweethearts, they were just filled with references to poppies. And so everyone knew about the poppies, not just the soldiers, people who hadn't even seen them, who were miles and miles away, had heard of these beautiful poppies. And that was another reason why it really resonated. And your article points out something I did not know that the poppy is technically a weed. Right. And I'm thinking, i got to be planting these because I could actually make poppies grow in my yard. There this you would go. Be awesome. Uh, and it used to be quite the tradition, though, more seriously. I mean, the little buddy poppy mm-hmm. that the American legions and the VFWs used to sell on, on, on Memorial Day right. uh, was a tradition where I grew up. I mean, we had a very strong uh, American legion in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there were a lot of World War II veterans uh, from a unit that was the first Army unit uh, ashore on Guadalcanal in 1942 in the mm-hmm. darkest days of World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they were, the, the pillars of my community had all been there. And right. uh, so it was kind of important uh, back then. Mm-hmm. We, and, and so the reason your article, I think, is important is we have given your audience of younger people, uh, and we have so many of them who have not the foggiest idea what those wars were about, Mm -hmm. why they were fought, why they mattered, Mm -hmm. uh, other than as fodder for video games that are quite popular. We can say that much, but not a whole lot else is known out there. I mean, you you certainly know your audience, uh, observations about uh, about the audience that you're writing to, Katie Kiefer. Mm -hmm. No, um, I feel like it would be so wonderful for my generation and those you know that follow to learn more about this i do in my article which you can find like you said on town hall or at katiekeeper.com i have several ways in which you can educate yourself and young people and um being that we're from minnesota and so many people love um the cartoon the late cartoonist charles m schultz one way to get young really little kids engaged is to have them watch that a short memorial by him which is called what what have we learned charlie brown and he actually little linus you know who's so famous for teaching us so many things he actually teaches kids about flanders fields and that yeah and he and boy charles schultz when you dig into his background it's just wow you first of all you can see where some of the depth of peanuts came from he had a rough world war ii uh he was he was in a particular Mm-hmm. Branch of the army uh, mm-hmm. that that uh, suffered fairly nasty casualties throughout the war, and the fact that he survived uh, in in a field where one out of five people who were in his uh, field, armored infantry, uh-huh. uh, died. Wow. Not even counting of the ones who were wounded or or, or injured or, or whatever. Yeah, so he was he mm. he he had some emotional. Resonances oh, with that for his entire that's really life. Interesting. It, it yeah. does get really interesting, absolutely, uh, Katie. And 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 it's bringing some memory of this, especially to young Americans, is so important because some of the polls are showing that that uh, that people just don't know anymore. People mm-hmm. below the age of forty haven't the foggiest clue. I alluded mm-hmm. to that before. Mm-hmm. It's not true everywhere in the world. The, the movie nineteen seventeen was huge in the UK mm-hmm. because people do still keep the memory of sure. World War One alive because mm-hmm. it was such a such a catastrophic event for that whole right. society. Right. I, I think it's more about giving young people the exposure, the opportunity, instead of filling them with, you know, the craziness that so many schools, private and public, are um, indoctrinating our kids with today. We need to fill them with this truth and this beauty that is out there. The poem in Flanders Fields is just one example of that. And you mentioned the poppies as well. They're available actually at many American legions and VFWs here. I was was wondering if they still (laughs) did that. Of all the traditions that have fallen by the wayside Mm -hmm. uh, in in the front years since I was in high school. Yeah, that's good to hear that that's still good. I'm going to have to hit a VFW on the way home here Uh, for a poppy. Yeah, nothing but a poppy. At any rate, yeah, Katie Kiefer. So uh, the the things that, yeah, I mean, 
keeping some of these memories alive is, and, and the reason why they're important alive is so important. Never a problem, I think, for uh, people of a certain generation. It, it's You and I have one thing in common we discovered a few years ago. Your grandfather uh, was a Navy destroyer man in World War II, and my ex-father-in-law, with whom I was always very close, <laughs> okay. was also a Navy destroyer uh, crewman. And in fact, I did a little digging once you told me about your grandfather. They were in the same lagoon at the same time at Isn't one point. Isn't that here. neat? Small that's so world. cool. <laughs> it wow. Was. We yes. were meant to be friends. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Long before we met. Absolutely. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about your article and about why it's important when we come back. If you have questions or comments for Katie Kiefer at townhall.com, uh, give us a call. 651-289-4488. The number to call. Join us, won't you please? On this uh, day before the anniversary of D-Day, much more on that to, mm-hmm. to come back. On the North of the Lights Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. I wanted to restate and emphasize how thankful we are to have such great customers from this station. We genuinely appreciate the comments and compliments on how we approach business. We even appreciate the criticisms and challenges we get on occasion. Recently, we had an interesting challenge about our name, The Kingdom Builders. This sure has stirred up a lot of discussion and study around here. It's no small matter to be sharing scripture and our understanding of it on air. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We will continue to study and discuss our name, our purpose, and most importantly, our Lord. We humbly pray that you are doing your own due diligence in the study of the scriptures, like the Bereans. If you have any input or questions on this, you can always call us at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Get that back shack attack. Wake up with the Patriots Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280 The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 651- 289-4488, the number to call to join us. That would be myself and Katie Kiefer, who's found, by the way, online at katiekiefer.com, which is a blog that you've had for quite so. I remember talking with you about starting that. It, it had to have been 14 years ago now. Holy cow. My blog godfather, because <laughs> right. you were 
inspiration on getting me to even get that started so thank you oh my pleasure i'm glad to see you're still doing it uh i, I mean it's there's not nearly enough people still do uh, still writing anymore and it's it's something that uh, big tech can't shut down or at least if they do we'll have much bigger problems so mm-hmm. katie kiefer that's k-i-e-f-f-e-r dot com conventional spelling and of course i uh, also got picked up by town hall here so uh that's uh, that's always cool getting out to the the larger audience here right now. So, we, by the way, uh, we talked about the poppies that are sold at a lot of your veterans organizations, your legions, your VFWs, and so forth. Uh, those there's a little more to them than just a, a decoration, Katie Keith. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a, essentially it looks like a little silk flower. But the cool thing about these flowers is that they're put together. They're actually created by veterans themselves and then the money that is raised by the sales uh, it's typically a free will donation if you were to go into a VFW or American Legion and to get one but the um, the money the, all the proceeds goes to veterans disabled veterans and their families so it's a really great cause and also it gives meaning to the veterans um, and elderly folk who work on putting them together right. There's a really good video that the VFW has put together, and I have a link to it in the article if people want to watch the the veterans putting it together and explaining the process. I will post a link to katiekiefer.com and to your articles in both places uh, after the show when I get a moment to, to, to Thank uh, you. noodle around online here. So, But the, the importance of, of passing some of this stuff on to people is so important. First of all, uh, I, I mean, what it is that the various veterans fought for and fought against. I mean, the one in World War II who pushed back uh, and, and eventually vanquished two of the most evil regimes in human history at a right. time when evil actually meant something. Right. And, and doing it with no guarantee of survival to say nothing of emotional happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, do you, I mean mm-hmm. we've all seen the memes of uh, saying there's no safe space here, the, the people going <laughs> ashore on o- Omaha Beach. Uh, uh, but it goes beyond that. I mean, there's a staggering number of people below the age of 40, not 20, not 12, 40, mm-hmm. who don't know what the Holocaust is, when it happened, who it affected, or why. Wow. And that just blows my mind mm-hmm. to smithereens, Katie Kiefer. Mm-hmm. So the, the imperative to, to pass this information on mm-hmm. so that future generations uh, don't allow the same things to repeat themselves is right. important. You mentioned going through uh, through through the Charles Schultz mm-hmm. uh, recollections of the war, but you have some other ideas in mind. Sure. Yeah, there's a a children's book. It's lesser known probably here in America, but it's called Where the Poppies Now Grow. It's by an author named Hillary Robinson, and it has some great illustrations in there, and it would be great for young children as well to understand the story of the poppies and to see it. Uh, to see pictures that if, you know, parents aren't ready to show them the more graphic pictures of the actual war, I feel like um, this children's book would be a great place to start. And then other ways in which you can support and educate, uh, well, support veterans and educate young people would be to take them out to the cemetery. My husband and I recently went to uh, Fort Snelling where my grandpa and he's got five or I believe five siblings that are also buried out there and my grandma as well. And it takes some time to go to each one because they're not all buried together, even though they're siblings. Right. Uh, but when you go out there and you see just the, the volume of graves, I feel like that would be very impactful for a young person, even if you don't have a family member buried there, to yeah. just show a young person all of these people gave their lives. Yeah. The one that the one that I'm and I and this is a tragedy. This is something that I think some 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 education activists out there would do well to try and do. When I was a kid in high school, back years ago, <laughs> there was at, right above the the main door leading out of the school, there was a list of everyone at that high school who'd served in World War II, and a little gold star by all the ones who were killed. Oh, wow. And there were a lot. Mm. And and it was made clear to it because I was mm-hmm. blessed to be the last generation probably to go through school with World War II veterans as teachers, oh, as, a, as a principal, as a Marine fighter pilot in the cool. war. Uh, it was cool. It was interesting. It was a little, it, it was enough to start you thinking because one of them, 
had been a survivor of a particularly nasty ambush in Italy. And every once in a while, some bobbleheaded chowderhead moron would walk up behind him with a blown up bag and pop it and get it watching him flatten out on the ground like it was 1944 and he was under artillery fire all over again uh and it was incredibly sad and 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 uh, and of course it didn't take much of uh, other people teachers Mm -hmm. coming up and Mm -hmm. smack him against the wall whereas you don't do that with Mm -hmm. that particular teacher Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was uh, some of the teachers uh, in a less bad comedic mode Uh would say yeah each one of those stars up there was a kid a year or two older than you, who had all the same promise in life that you mm-hmm. do, had all the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> in some cases, people they knew, mm-hmm. uh, who had all the same going for them in life that you do, and yeah. and uh, ended up on a beach or right. uh, in a ship that sank somewhere, or it was, and it, it got, it, these were people who were able to get it through because they had been there, and we mm-hmm. have an entire generation of, I fr- I'm frankly, I'm frankly, a lot of the history teachers today have no idea right. what the history is. That's a great point, Mitch. And, and bringing yeah. some of those mm-hmm. monuments mm-hmm. to people who died in those old wars back to high schools, I think, mm-hmm. would go a long way. That was the the the, the source of that long point I made there, Katie. Kiefer. No, that's a really good point um, for adults and older kids. This isn't in the article, but I have read, I believe it's 16 books so far in a series. It's a historical fiction by a woman named Jacqueline Winspear. And it's basically like Sherlock Holmes, except you learn a lot about World War One and Two at the same time. And one thing that's mentioned in that book, and the author's father actually had this um, experience as well, was that there were many young boys who would have gone to the Olympics, but they, they couldn't. They were runners and they had that caliber and what they ended up doing was they were messengers and right. it was a very dangerous job. And so I think if young people today knew, you know, a, a young boy my age who had the same goals and aspirations, he wanted to run in the Olympics or whatnot, he ended up being a messenger and lost his life, you know, on the way delivering yeah. that message. That would be very powerful. But it, it would. And boy, it's it doesn't take much to get through. I, I remember one of the lessons that got through to me was my high school chemistry teacher had been a Navy dive bomber pilot in World War Two. Mm-hmm. And he uh, and he would when we would screw up an assignment or not hand something in, mm-hmm. he would he would occasionally just cut loose with, you know, my, t- my, my the rear gunner on my plane was uh, a year older than you, and I trusted him with my life. And I wouldn't trust any of you bobbleheads to go and get the donuts. Uh, <laughs> and it worked for some of us at any rate. Oh, there's a point there, absolutely. So <laughs> anyway, that's funny. so uh, uh, so yes, uh, so Katie Kiefer, that's uh, anything anything you want in pe- uh, people in particular to take away from reading your article out mm-hmm. on Town Hall or at katiekiefer.com. Well, pass the story on, pass the poem on to friends. I had millennials as well as people, you know, much older than me who texted or emailed me after reading this and said that that poem brought tears to their eyes. I'm, it, there's something very special about the poem. People who, people who are millennials or Generation Z, they're still touched by it. There's a truth to it. And I feel um, that he his pen, as I say in the article, mm. was more m- powerful than his scalpel. And yeah. let's continue that that tradition. It, it is really interesting. There's a British TV series uh, that came out, I don't know, six or seven years ago. It's called Our, Our Girl. It's a, it's a story of a British East End of London party girl mm. who decided mm-hmm. she wants uh, something a little more in her life. She ups and joins the British Army. And oh. she's kind of a scatterbrain. Who, it's being exposed to that poem, uh, watching uh, a Veterans Day uh, observance in the UK that's sort of the turning point in the story. It, it, it's, it goes through five or six seasons. The last, all but the first one are basically soap operas. But the first one is actually really good. for. And it ties, it, it, basically, the poem... Uh-huh. As it does with a lot of things in British historical life, uh-huh. uh, has a has, has a prominent role. So it's it's very oh, it's neat. very useful there. And uh, I do recommend the first season, but not two through five. No, okay. forget those. <laughs> At any rate, so uh, so Kitty Kiefer. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, pass the poem around, mm-hmm. pass the article around, uh, pass the URL, katiekiefer.com, around, for because the, there's a lot of good stuff out there over the, the many, many years you've been doing this, <laughs> Katie, hard to believe. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, if, if people take one thing away from reading your article, what's the, what, what, what would you want it to be? Well, the value of self-sacrifice and that there are some things 
worth sacrificing for. Um, there's some, there are some things worth giving your life for. And that, that is such a foreign notion these days. Yeah. It's not part of the, the vernacular these days. Mm-hmm. It barely was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it still happened. There were still people who, who preached that notion at that time. I don't think anyone has preached that notion in 30 years in this country here. Right. It's hard to conceptualize in times of peace. And that's why we, we have to get ourselves into that mindset, expose ourselves to that previous time that was not peaceful when you know they had to have blackout screens every night it was just yeah. it was a scary time to live but it, beautiful as well it it yeah it absolutely was and and just the idea that 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 that, that we live in a time that is so peaceful so prosperous in a mm-hmm. time and place where we have all of that going on and what an incredibly unusual period of human history this is. If you look at all of human history, life is nasty, brutish, short, dominated by tyrants of one level or another, whether it's your tribe chief or whether it's a king. Mm-hmm. The idea that we that, that we got to this point in history with this level of freedom, prosperity, peace, uh, is not something that happened by accident, and it's not something that happened for free. Mm-hmm. It was bought with an awful lot of people mm-hmm. who, who sacrificed an awful lot to keep it that way. Uh, com is the URL. Katie, thanks for joining me here today. Thanks so much for having you, me, You need Mitch. to keep writing these stuff that we can talk about here so we can do this again. All right, thank thanks you. Thanks a lot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. The fun is technically three-quarters done, and yet still... Just beginning. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. Yeah, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. 
That's highschoolofficials.com. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, where we say, except that sometimes it does. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Hey, speaking of which, the Dinesh D'Souza podcast available at AM twelve eighty, the Patriot dot com, along with so much other awesome content. By the way, including. Uh, the links to the podcast for this very broadcast, as well as myself and Jack Tomzak and King Banyan, all at am12athepatriot.com. So, while history may not repeat, you can still uh, you can still hear it again. It's technically not history repeating, but it is podcasting, which is close. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also join us on Twitter or. Parlor or Gab or MeWe at the hashtag Narn Show. That's N A R N Show. That's Twitter, which is basically run by and for communists. And MeWe, Parlor, and Gab, which are not. They are run by and for free people. Hence, we're trying to move our social media over there as much as possible. Anyway. There's a pattern going on here. Twelve years ago, during the first year or so of the Obama administration. I pointed out my, what's a good word, skepticism over the administration's uh, claims and big left claims that we were on the verge of a wave, a wave, dare I say, a tsunami of white supremacist terror that was going to, in the words of more than a few pundits, big and small, and I quote, dwarf 9-11. White supremacist terror, now let me get, Make sure I put this out there straight. White supremacist terror was certainly a thing. I mean, we just spent a week or two of national reckoning over an episode of genuine white supremacist terror that took place 100 years ago in Tulsa. In the 1920s, by the way, aided and abetted by Woodrow Wilson and his federalizing and weaponizing of Jim Crow at the federal level, the Klan 100 years ago was a major power in the South. And even managed to muster, I kid you not, this blows people's minds today, drew 50,000 people to a rally in Rochester, Minnesota, close to 100 years ago. Those days are gone. May they never return. And by the way, they're on track not to return if you follow the numbers. I mean, I'm old enough to remember active white supremacists doing bad things to real people, not underground, not someday. The real thing, the Medina shootout, which happened when I was a sophomore in college. I heard the police traffic on the scanner at the radio station I was working at on a on a on a chilly, muddy spring Sunday in North Dakota. This is where a couple of neo-Nazis had a shootout with a uh, with law enforcement, killing two federal marshals and leading to an epic manhunt uh, or the shooting of Allen Berg. That's right, Berg, uh, a Denver talk show host murdered by neo actual actual neo Nazis, who actually came out of the hills and actually murdered him for being liberal every bit as much as being Jewish, and others. There, there were. Let's make no mistake about it. There were white supremacist terror attacks. You could look at Oklahoma City, the bombing of the Murrah Building, and say, "Oh, it was a white supremacist terror attack," and you'd be right. Now. It was a huge attack by a movement that, notwithstanding its size and impact, was on its way out by that point. Because to, paral- uh, to paraphrase Martin Luther King, and paraphrase him pretty liberally in this case, the arc of white supremacist organizations has been long and has been curving towards Palookaville for a century now. According to actual sources that have to keep their jobs by reporting facts. Groups like the Klan, uh, the Bund, the neo-Nazis, the Covenant Sword and the Arm of the Lord, the, the, uh, the oh, what's some of the other ones here, uh, Christian Identity, the Posse Comitatus, other radical white supremacist groups mustered, and by the way, some that aren't around anymore, like the Deutsche Amerikanische Bund, which was a Nazi sympathetic organization, uh, before World War II here in the, well, not just the upper Midwest, they drew 20,000 people to uh, Madison Square Garden in 1941, the summer before Pearl Harbor. Uh, 
So groups like that, mainly the Klan, but others involved as well, mustered millions of members and many more active sympathizers 100 years ago in the 1920s. Literally millions. They, they went as far as to endorse political candidates, and they won. They won with landslides in some parts of this country. Not all the deep Confederate South. Millions with an M of members and active sympathizers. And, of course, for any active member of an organization, you generally figure there's 10 times as many sympathizers. By the 1960s, 50s and 60s, they were down to the hundreds of thousands. Still a lot of them, but down by an order of magnitude. And by the time I graduated from high school, they were down to a few tens of thousands. In other words, down another magnitude in a generation, order of magnitude, from the hundreds of thousands to the tens of thousands. Bear in mind, this was at a time when the American Nazi movement could schedule a march through Skokie, Illinois, which was the home for tens of thousands of Holocaust survivors when I was in ninth grade. Do the math yourself. Shut up. You're as old as you feel. At any rate, they were still able to muster enough people to attempt a rally, a march through a city full of concentration camp survivors, and muster the legal wherewithal to actually win a Supreme Court case to allow them to do it on First Amendment grounds. And by the way, the people of Skokie, the Holocaust survivors, reacted the way People should always react to these sort of things by taunting them and mocking them out of existence so decisively that they canceled the march that they had gone to the Supreme Court to win the right to have. That's how you do it, folks. This is how all you woke kids out there, that's how you cancel someone (laughs) by mocking and taunting them in real life face to face. So that was when I was uh, getting out of high school, tens of thousands by about 2015 or so. There were a few thousand of them. They were powerless. They were isolated. They were fat losers living in their mother's basement. With all due apologies to those of you who might happen to be overweight and still living in your mother's basements. Still, we're talking neo-Nazi fat losers living in their mother's basements. They were ridiculed. They were, they were rightly derided as a bunch of inbred losers. The number of actual, identifiable, active white supremacists has shrunk in terms of verifiable numbers by an order of magnitude every generation for the past century. Now, once the orange literal Hitler was elected five years ago, the narrative turned. While there were objectively, verifiably fewer actual members of organizations, we were told the rhetoric of the new administration created more sympathizers, which if your kid told you something like that about about what everyone thought about you, you would go, well, can you verify that? No, they can't. It's simultaneously unverifiable, unverifiable. It's not testable. And it's conveniently allowed the keepers of the narrative to brand anyone to the right of Amy Klobuchar as a... <clears throat> Potential white supremacist or a potential and uh, like like Aunt Candace Owens, by the way, or or Larry Elder or 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 Clarence Thomas, you know, potential white supremacists like them. Sort of like the sort of like the anti-Semites, <laughs> Dennis Prager and Ben Shapiro. Anyway, I digress. The narrative led to a number of comical spectacles like the, the, the pathetic gaggle of roughly a hundred quote, neo-Nazis who gathered in Charlottesville back in 2017, a bunch of pathetic endomorphic cretins who, by the way, were gathered from a cre- It's not like there were 100 white supremacists in Charlotte, Charlottesville, Charlottesville, Virginia. There were not 100 of them there just waiting to come out in the open. They came from across six or eight states to get to Charlottesville and participate in the Tiki Torch March before they were set upon by a much larger mob with the active connivance of the city's progressive mayor, which, by the way, was presented as evidence of the coming racial Armageddon. Anyway, Berg's 20th law applies here. It reads, all incidents of hate speech not captured on video involving delivered by somebody proven not to be a ringer shall be assumed to be hoaxes until proven otherwise. We've talked about that. But what if the whole notion that this 
that, that, that this tsunami of white supremacist terror is itself the epic hoax being played on all of us. Well, we are faced with that very real specter. We'll uh, talk about it when we come back. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Need special boots for a new job, but don't know where to start? Step into Red Wing Shoes, where their friendly footwear experts can help you find the right style and size. Red Wing takes the time to learn about your job and measure your feet to get the perfect fit. Red Wing specializes in no-pressure one-on-one service. Stop into their stores in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Can't make it into the store? Ask your workplace about their shoe trucks where they bring the store to you. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Prolife Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, the number to call if you should care to join us here. And we still have plenty of time to get you in for now. But you're burning daylight. Got to get on the phones. Peter Patter, let's get at her soon. 2 p.m. 651-289-4488. You can also join us on uh, Twitter, Parlor, Gab, and MeWe at hashtag NarnShow. I, I try to keep track of which one is which. But we're back up and online at all of them now. And uh, I don't know. I'm thinking really hard about you know starting our video archives going on Rumble here just because why not? Why keep sending traffic to YouTube? Well, because they're still the most sophisticated game in town. They're the ones with all the reach. But, you know, you and I... As conservative consumers have a, a chance to help change that, and I certainly want to do that. Anyway, we're talking about the ongoing slander of everyone to the right of Amy Klobuchar by saying, you have a place. By dint of not being a progressive, you have a place 
in uh, what is uh, being a sympathizer, you're told, with, with an oncoming wave of white supremacy that will, we are assured again and again and again, dwarf 9-11. It will be the worst wave of terror in the history of the United States. And yet no one can point to a single example of it existing in the last, how many years? When was the last time there was an actual significant-sized example of of white supremacist terror. Charlottesville? Was anybody terrorized by a hundred endomorphs marching around with, with tiki torches? The only people terrorized were the mosquitoes that were driven away by all the citronella. But that's about it. Uh, what else? January 6th? That was not white supremacist terror. That was a riot. It was a riot against one of the most important institutions in our American democracy. By the way, it's, it's fascinating how many Democrats are suddenly uh, obsessed with, this, with the sanctity of the Electoral College since January 6th. People who would want, want to shoot it in the crib until, uh, until January 5th suddenly are, are obsessed with the sanctity of the Electoral College. As, by the way, all Americans who believe in checks and balances and limited government should be. By the way, that does not describe any progressive ever anywhere. But in looking for the, 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 the wave of white supremacist terror that we are assured by people up to and including, well, formally up to and including uh, President Obama's first Homeland Security Director, Jeanette Napolitano, but that that took a big jump this past week. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that in a moment here. Uh, something I, I thought that that resonated with that story happened this past week. An Italian artist, and I, and I put the term in scare quotes here, uh, on, on in the studio, just sold a statue. One thing about it, the statue. You see, it's invisible. The money he sold it for. 15,000 euros, which is, I don't know, $16,000 roughly. That's not invisible. That was real money. Uh, but the statue is <clears throat> invisible. The, uh, the, the, by the way, the artist's name is uh, Salvatore Garau, and he said he managed to auction his <clears throat> work <laughs> for an amount that many consider crazy. However, he defends his creation... <laughs> Tooth and nail. The artist explains that the, quote, success of the auction confirms an irrefutable fact. The void is nothing more than a space full of energy. Even if we empty it and there is nothing left, according to Heisenberg's uncertainty principle that nothing has a weight, it therefore has an energy that is condensed and transformed into particles, that is to say, into us. Now, I took two takeaways from this story. Number one, I need to create a better space full of energy and auction it off for even more money. But I also thought, boy, this idea that that someone can sell vapor to people who are eager to consume it and to call it something they find desirable, it's a matter of human nature. Someone wants to be a consumer of art, and by the way, that involves buying this statue, this invisible statue. It does involve having some space to put it in so it has room to sit there as an invisible statue. Uh, it, It holds true with the wave of white supremacist terror that, by the way, President Biden uh, went, went to some pains to say is, is is hanging out there waiting to happen, saying that the same exact currents of thought that led to the Tulsa massacre are still alive and well and with us today. They are. And in exactly the same way that Mr. Garau's invisible statue is still there and still worth 15,000 bucks because somebody desperately wants it to be, because someone thinks that the energy in that empty space is there to put it into people's minds. And that is the only way in which there is a wave of white supremacist terror out there, a group, an organization that has been shrinking by an, uh, uh, not even organization, a a population has been shrinking by an order of magnitude every generation. 
and and whose adherence supposedly since the dawn of Donald Trump is entirely a matter of gaslighting. Entirely a matter of gaslighting. No more. It deserves no more respect than that. Is literally the same thing as that is this invisible statue, something that exists as a form of wishes, as a as a bit of intellectual fairy dust dropped out there, uh, and and basically telling people the energy's there. Who's going to b- pony up for us here? Don't pony up. Let's go to Minneapolis. John joins us on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You got a minute or two, John? Go right ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Uh, the issue for me is I've been out in Montana the last few weeks. I'm building a house out there, and uh, I kind of have a sensitivity to the culture of Montana and the attitudes there, yep. one of in- healthy interdependence and independence and, and work hard. And then you come back to Minnesota and you hear the religion of NPR and the indoctrination of the media and the local newspapers, and you realize how desperately dependent many people in Minnesota are on the kind of socialism that exists here. And it really is quite damaging, not just to individuals, but to communities as a whole. It's interesting. And and by the way, my sister lives in Montana. I'm going to be visiting there shortly myself. I do love the culture out there, as I do in my native North Dakota. Similar idea. I mean, there is an interdependence. There's a communitarianism, uh, which means concern for your community. It's not the opposite of libertarianism, although some libertarians treat it like it is. But you're right. There is an attitude about the rural West that this country direly needs more of. In fact, there was a fantastic article by New York Post columnist Carol Markowitz that came out this past week that I will be posting a reference to on my blog this week. A fantastic piece about how she and her family, a husband, a couple kids, three kids, I believe, spent four and a half months in Florida. They're native New Yorkers all, and they love New York, or at least they love what New York used to be. I get that, by the way. (laughs) I, I wouldn't live in New York, but I love New York, or I did. I don't know if I would anymore, but she commented in this excellent piece that deserves to be plastered all over this country in the wake of COVID about how New Yorkers basically turned into a bunch of backstabbing, tattling uh, Karens as an entire city. The city turned into Karen, snapping at each other about their mask etiquette in the street. And it it became a, a claustrophobic, paranoiac existence for Carol Markowitz, who is as enthusiastic a New Yorker, traditionally, as anyone with a name like Carol Markowitz would have to be when you think about it. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Is there a more New York name for a journalist than Carol Markowitz? There is not. And yet, at the end of that four and a half months in Florida, where her and her family rented a house and lived a life of relative freedom, of communitarianism, of mutual concern, of respect for science in areas where it can theoretically ignorance could kill you, And yet balancing science against real life, she's thinking, maybe there's she's gone back to New York, but she's having second thoughts about her future as a New Yorker. Uh, Best of luck out there in Montana, John. I totally get it. I truly do. Wish I could bring a bit of North Dakota here. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. Stay tuned for Jack Tomczak. My company is the only one of its kind that provides you with bids on home improvement projects from multiple contractors after one short meeting with me. Hi, it's Ryan with my three quotes. Patriot listeners have been contacting me to find out all the projects I can help them handle. Let's start with doors and windows. Whether you're looking at big brands like Marvin, Anderson, Pella, or local vinyl brands, I can get you the best prices and installers to take care of your needs. And I can't stress how many people have saved thousands of dollars from previous bids they got. Then there's siding. Whether it's James Hardy, LP Smart Side, steel, or vinyl, I can help you design and get the best value in beautifying the exterior of your home. Soffit, fascia, and gutters can also accent any siding project. For roofing, I work with all the major brands of asphalt shingles, and yes, I'm happy to get you quotes on any approved storm damage. For the easiest way to get the most competitive bids with one simple meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com to set an appointment. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com.
I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761. 800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. Celebrating two decades on air. This is a